0: Welcome to the process of things. Does stuff work?
1: Here we go, and we're recording. Yay! Welcome to the process of things. Mm-hmm. Does stuff work?
0: Series 3A, episode 3. Yes. Mm-hmm. I'm enjoying this series.
1: You are. You're getting a real kick out of it. I am. (laughs) I'm just, I'm rolling with it. I don't dislike it. Of Mm -hmm. course, it's my own podcast. I can't Mm -hmm. not like it.
0: Mm -hmm. I, you know, I'm enjoying it um, because it seems particularly relevant. I seem to run into people all the time who are looking for a job or trying to get ready for an interview or whatever it is. Maybe it's because I'm hyper aware. I mean, that was the same when we were doing the difficult conversation series. I seemed to run into people that were having those kinds of issues more as well. I don't know. It's also January. People like looking for a new job and trying new things and coming up with a goal and I'm not going to take it anymore and they want a new job.
1: We're not going to take it. Mm -hmm. Now who's singing in a podcast. (laughs) That's because I get to sit back and relax this season. (laughs) Resting my microphone on my...
0: Just don't On my belly. Into
1: it. <laughs> That's creepy. Heavy breathing. Mm. Sorry, sorry, listeners. Mm-hmm.
0: So we are here in um, our third episode of this series. This is all for the individual who's looking for a job. So in our first episode, we talked about: Are you really? You know, should I stay or should I go? And some.
1: Should I stay or should oh, I go? I'm sorry, dun, dun, dun,
0: nah, nah, nah. <laughs> Stop <laughs> it. So, should I stay or should I go? Tips to think about and strategize. Then last week, we talked about networking and trying to make the rounds and not just papering the world with your resume, but actually making a concerted effort. Yeah. So this uh, series, this episode rather, is about preparing for an interview. My favorite. It is your favorite, which is why I didn't even share with you the the questions I have for this one because mm-hmm. I'm going to interview you. Oh. And um, we're going to talk about what people should do when they have scheduled an interview. And there's really two kinds of interviews that we've talked about in the past. And so my first question to you, is there any difference in preparing for an informational interview versus the actual job interview? And a little context there is when we talk about interview prep, most people would think that we're talking about preparing for your actual interview for a job. You were successful networking, your resume got noticed, and you got selected. We also talked about having those informational interviews, and um, I think there's some prep work that's needed for those as well uh, because that is still face-to-face with people. So in essence, they are sizing you up. It's a little bit of a pre-interview for the actual job.
1: Mm -hmm. I would say the informational interview is you interviewing the person, the 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 manager, the company, Mm -hmm. to see if the job, the culture... And all those things are a fit for you. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: In an informational interview, they shouldn't really be asking you many questions other than those questions that pop up out of their curiosity.
0: What are you doing now? What are you working on now? Yeah. You need to have an elevator pitch, I would imagine. And for those who don't know, that just means you have an elevator ride to tell somebody what you're interested in or who you are. You should be able to say that rather than just sit down in front of somebody and start peppering them with questions. But yeah, so the whole idea of the informational interview, other than preparing by researching who you're talking to, knowing a little bit about the industry so you don't sound like a buffoon and I want this job. Why? I don't know. It looks cool. Yeah, I'm prepping your questions. Yeah, you have to prepare your questions. So today we're going to focus on the job interview. So I've landed this dream job with XYZ Company. I think we talked about
1: the informational interview in the last in episode the last as one. well. We
0: did. So if you want more information about the yes.
1: informational interview, check out episode two.
0: Yes, correct. Um, I wanted to distinguish it in case they thought we were talking about the same interview. So this um, episode will focus on the job interview. Yes. So I've landed an interview. I have one, you know, next Friday. Yeah, and there's nothing to do. I just show I up, right? I take yeah. a copy of my resume with me. I know what I've been working on. Mm-hmm. So what? what is there to prepare? Well, that's the question for you, <laughs> so, right? So yeah, I mean, uh, in the old days, people would just go with their resume, put on a suit. Uh, that's the first thing. Do you wear a suit and tie to every interview that you go to? I have
1: always been a proponent of... Of dressing for the job that you want, yeah, and not a, the job that you have. It's it's cliched, but it's true. And, and I was criticized for it as a mm-hmm. younger employee. I was told you don't have to wear, um, you know, a pencil skirt and heels, Nicole. You're just a you know admin assistant. Yeah. You don't have to dress up so nice. You're making us look bad. Um, we had that often in our branch mm-hmm. um, because you know, we had a a particular style in the branch where everyone dressed very professionally and other areas didn't like it very much. Right. I was just telling that story today that Uh when I go to resorts, um, uh, my husband, Tom really likes to dress up for dinner and he gets a lot of fleck from the other men because the wives are like, look at him. He's dressed nice. Why can't you dress nice? What's wrong with you? Look, he's ironed his <laughs> shirt you're just
0: wearing cargo pants and all these other men are hating Tom <laughs> yeah well the world has casualed up a little bit right it, it, sure. things are casual and I think that depending on the job you're interviewing for if you were to show up in a suit and tie you might look like an idiot however there is nothing wrong with at least throwing on a blazer and an ironed crisp shirt yeah because seriously there are some places where it's completely out of place you would not wear a I suit think and the tie. key is like is to look like you tried.
1: Yeah. Like this wasn't you just rolling out of bed in the morning and just grabbing whatever was there. Mm -hmm. This is you picking something with concerted effort. Yes. Taking into consideration the culture. If you did your informational interview right. You should know. You should know what the culture is like, what the dress code is like, what the style is like. If you've done your background info... You should know what's appropriate and have made a concerted choice. I have chosen this outfit because yeah.
0: X, Y, Z. And if you screw up and you are wearing the suit and no one else is, you you know you might get a little bit of ribbing for it, but they're not going to mark you down. Whereas you, if you roll into uh, into the interview in a wrinkled cargo shirt shirts, and sh- cargo, cargo pants, shorts and tivas, well, <laughs> well yeah, there that's going to be a huge strike against you. It's one of those things you cannot overdress for an interview. It's great to do your research and kind of nail it. Mm-hmm. Um, but you can't really overdress. You can underdress. And I love that phrase. You need to look like you made an effort. Yeah. And then there's that delicate balance. If you recall,
1: um, one time we were criticized a little bit for our attire um, yeah. in being too fancy. So mm-hmm. we were facilitating a course and people said that we looked like we were dressed to go to a wedding. hmm I don't know what kind of wedding these people were going to, but anyhow, um we were dressed in our opinion Toronto downtown dresses probably, and heels. They yeah. were dresses and heels. Um but some people found that very formal. Mm-hmm. Um, and we were ribbed a bit for that. So there's
0: a delicate balance yeah. and you got to figure it out. Yeah. Uh, agreed. And and just again, if you make a mistake, it's better to make the mistake on being too dressy than looking like you didn't care. Yes. It's about I want to be here. I respect you. I care. I made an effort. What does that yeah. effort look like for you and for the job that you're applying for? You, you just need to look like you made that effort. Right. Um, you had a shower in the morning. <laughs> you Bathe go, yourself, everyone. Yeah, you washed your hair. Deodorant. You ironed something. The three S's. Yeah, Don't. <laughs> 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 so, yeah, that's the, the very basic is wh- know where you're going. Look it up. Look up the address. Get there 10 minutes early. If not more. If not more.
1: If you live in a big city like where we are now, I find that traffic slash transit slash parking slash weird office buildings with convoluted security and entry systems, I target for those really important meetings. Mm -hmm. I'm aiming to be there 30 minutes early so I can compose myself. Get my coffee, take off my coat, make sure I'm not
0: schwitzing. Yeah. Like <laughs> it's true. Check my you know. We were telling a client that early this week. We we arrived a good forty five minutes early. So we found a Starbucks and went and had a coffee. Um, but it can take an hour and a half to get there or it can take twenty minutes. So err on the side of caution, yep. folks. Always be early. If you are late, that will
1: most definitely yes. be a strike against you. And traffic is not It's not an excuse
0: today. It's not an
1: excuse. Mm-mm.
0: No. Um, yeah, there are very few excuses. And Transit really, is not an excuse. Even really good excuses. You know, it'll be like, okay, I understand. But there's still that... It's just a little black mark against your yeah. right from the start. And it's not unfair in some situations, but that's just the way it is. It is what it is. So make an effort. Get there on time. Those are the basics. So now that I'm there and I'm sitting down in front of one or maybe a panel of people and there's several kinds of interviews as well the the classic one is usually a behavioral interview that says tell me about a time you dot 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 and there's also a host of other questions that aren't really behavioral like why Technical do you want questions. the job or when's the last time you did something like this or why you and not you know suzy q out in the hallway or questions cetera, searching for fit yeah so there's the behavioral stuff and then there's the other and um, the, the behavioral stuff is, I think, what you're so good at coaching people on. So tell me, how do I prepare for that behavioral interview?
1: Well, my number one first and biggest tip for any interview that someone told me at my very first interview was always have a pad of paper and a pen in front of you. Always.
0: Always. So don't I look like kind of a twit if I'm taking time and writing down notes and things while you're asking me a question? No. You look smart,
1: detail-oriented, thorough, and precise, Mm -hmm. in my opinion. Mm -hmm. Um, And all of us, even the most non-nervous people in the world, tend to get nervous in an interview. Sure, And it leads to um, what I call drivel. And you just talk and talk and talk with no start and no end. Yeah. You don't answer the right question. You get sidetracked in a story. You're off on a tangent. You come
0: back and... I've interviewed people like that. It is painful because <gasps> you really feel for that person and you just want them to get to the point. But they're Counting throwing out. in every phrase that they can remember into one oh, answer. I'm just
1: getting into way too many details about so the what do I do the with history? that pad of paper and the pen? Well, first of all, the way that the person who gave me this tip, oh, back in the day, what was it, 15 years ago now, mm-hmm. maybe more, 17 years ago, they said, you know, in most interviews, the other parties, like the, the panel, will have a paper and pen in front of, in front of them. Mm-hmm. And it's a way to equal out the power Sure. <laughs> in a strange way. They said, you're going to feel really uncomfortable if they're sitting there looking down and jotting notes. And you've got nothing in front of you. Yeah, you just kind of look around while they're writing. Having this pen in your hand and this pad gives you some um, Mm -hmm. sameness. What's the word? Some sameness gives you a little bit of power. Like maybe I'm taking a little bit of notes a on note you. on you.
0: <laughs> it's true. Right? Yeah. So I think that's like the number one tip. Yeah. Be careful you don't doodle. That's obvious. No. Right? <laughs> Drawing flowers or clowns on the yeah, side And what of it. that's
1: there for is to help you um, jot down notes in the question. Mm-hmm. Because as we also know, people aren't great at asking questions. They can ask stacked questions. Mm-hmm. What's a stacked question? Stacked question is when you ask three questions in a row on top of each other. Um, so tell me about a time that uh, you had to lead a team. I mean, you know, like tell me about something you've done recently where you've had to lead people. Um, and, and you know, and tell us about what that was like.
0: Yeah, three questions in there.
1: And it's like, am I telling you what it's like? Am I telling you about a recent time? Or do you just want, like, it just gets yeah. confusing. Mm-hmm. And the natural response is that people will always answer the last question.
0: Mm-hmm. But the most important one is the first question. The first question.
1: So if you're being interviewed, take a moment to jot down that stacked question or that multi-part question. Um, And my second big whopping tip is take a minute. Mm -hmm. If you need a second to compose a story or how you're going to tell this story, especially if it's a complicated question, either behavioral or technical or whatever, Mm -hmm. um, you know, just very kindly say, just give me one moment. I'd like to... I'd like to organize my thoughts. I'd like to organize my 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 Mm thoughts. Again, if you think an interviewer is going to think that's dumb or slow, you don't want to work there.
0: Yes, (laughs) yes. Right? Yes, that's a good point. This is...
1: um, And I cannot coach this enough with clients. They just can't seem to grasp it.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And I'm saying, you know, I just asked you a four-part question. You're telling me you remembered every single word I said? Mm-hmm. I There's don't know how that's possible. nothing
0: wrong with taking that minute, jotting it down, and even clarifying, and saying something like, so um, I heard a few things in there. Did you want me to focus on how I handled being a leader in this Brilliant. situation? And repeat back and clarify. Because mm. they don't realize they stacked the question. Your temptation is to answer the last one. And then they say, well, you didn't even answer my question because you didn't clarify it. Yeah, I love
1: it. So whopping tip number one, mm-hmm. pad and paper. Whopping tip number two, um, I guess, take a minute. 2A, take a minute. Mm-hmm. Jot down their question as they're, as they're saying it and take a second to organize your thoughts. If you've done your proper interview prep, you probably don't have to do this phase because the next phase that I'll teach you will, mm-hmm. you'll already have had it down. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but if the question catches of a, you off guard yeah. or the question is sort of like what you expected, but you need to change your story a bit or whatever that might be, take this time to say, I just
0: need a moment to yeah. clarify my thoughts. Yep. its It just, it'll allow your heart to stop, se- not stop, to settle down, to yes. stop racing. And it prevent drivel. Yeah. To breathe. That's a little bit of a... A crutch, even for people who enjoy an interview, like me.
1: I still love interviews. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Okay. So, whopping tip number three.
1: Whopping tip number three is the PAR method. Mm -hmm. P A R. P A R. I don't. I'm not. I wish I could give credit to where this came from. It's just kind of. I think morphed over the years. Morphed over the years. I've seen it in other
0: places. It's not exclusively a whiteboard tool. Although we have morphed how we use it. Yeah, but you teach this very frequently. Yeah. So, the key things
1: that people want to hear in from an interview question is what was the problem? What was the action you took? And what was the result? Mm-hmm. And this helps create a succinct clear identification that you have the skills to execute this particular task. And more so, you have executed this task before or a similar task. Successfully. Successfully. Uh, And I would argue, I am even okay if someone says the result is poor and how they
0: learned from it. mm -hmm. So, uh, you know... Well, that's a great example for that question that's, you know, what are your weaknesses? What do you think you should do better, et cetera? But go back to, uh, tell me about a time when... um, you had to build relationships that were key to the success of your project. Great.
1: Um, when I was working at X X company, I was assigned a project to work on X. Mm-hmm. That is all the history you need to provide please do not go into a 10-year background (laughs) of where that project came from and how how, you met your best friend while you you were doing it, that That you loved it. And people, I think, sometimes use the background of a story to help um, uplift the prestige Mm -hmm. of the story that they have. Mm -hmm. So rather than saying, I was working on the joint health card driver's license project at Service Ontario... This project was designed to merge two processes that, you know, just giving basic Mm -hmm. background. They go, Mm -hmm. back in 2003, the minister made a Mm -hmm. uh, commitment to increase data. And they're talking about issues that are likely above the pay grade that you are applying for. Yeah. Right? So you don't need to go into the strategic origins of this project, how prestigious it is, where the budget came from,
0: why you were assigned it. No, the P in part is, is the problem. problem.
1: Here was the problem: I was on a brand new project, leading a team that I had never previously led before. Period. Stop. Pause. Breathe.
0: Mm-hmm. What action did you take?
1: I took, and here's where, if you have pre-planned, I took seven or three or five or. However many specific you think is actions. succinct. I took seven specific actions that I believe helped me become successful in this project. Mm-hmm. Number one, relationship building from the start. Number two, effect, you know, go into each of those with light detail. Mm-hmm. Explain how you did them. Again, do not get carried away. Decide on how many things you're going to talk about. It's like, um, remember when you had to write essays when you were in school? Yes, five and paragraphs. And you had a topic sentence, mm-hmm. three paragraphs, and a conclusion? Yes. Same idea. Yes. Your problem is your introduction paragraph. Mm-hmm. You're going to decide how many paragraphs you want under that of what actions you took. And they are actions that you took. Yeah, Not that the team did. Not the team. <laughs> I think, I, I don't know if it's a Canadian thing we're very humble when we speak about um, the things that we've accomplished and the things that we are good at and the actions that we specifically took. Um, and I think sometimes we assume our manager knows that. Mm-hmm. So I project managed it, da-da-da-da-da. Well, what about your project management yeah, what style? Do you mean,
0: what do you mean you project managed it? What did you do to do that? Yeah. I specifically reached out to... X person to find out what key relationships were required. And then I reached out to them and went yes. over and reviewed our uh, common outcomes. I and, created a project yeah. charter that did
1: this. I created, and even if you're like, well, oh my gosh, this person knows what project managing is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they do. They do know what project managing is. What they don't know is how much you know about project managing. Right. So it's just not okay to say I project managed
0: it. Yeah, It's not okay to say... Uh, I was part of a team that did this we thing. We developed this. Yes. We developed, that seems to be a, a huge thing I've got to coach people through. I remember specifically being um, interviewing someone who kept saying that. And I said, I understand. I want to know what you did. And I think I had to ask three times. And she didn't get the job because she couldn't tell me. And she did not have that individual skill. And that's the whole point of PAR, is to show what you, Nicole, have as an individual skill. So that's interesting. If
1: you're unable to switch into, I developed a project charter, or Mm. I provided input into the project charter, or I reached out to these people, or I connected, or I did. If you're having trouble with that, it's one of two things. You're struggling with a bit of a, and I don't want to say a self-esteem thing. That's not what I mean. Um, You're having a little bit of difficulty or humility, which is lovely, Mm -hmm. um, in being able to articulate what you did when you know you worked on a team. Or second, you may not have the skills. Mm -hmm. If you can only describe what a team did to do something, but you actually had no specific
0: role in that part. It may not be the right job.
1: It may not be the right story for you to tell. It may, you may
0: not have the right experience for that job. And how you know that is the job posting itself um, will, or the job description that you got a hold of, or however you did that, it has in it what they're looking for. We are looking for someone who can project manage complex projects or we are looking for someone who can build relationships across companies, uh, whatever.
1: And I think one of the challenges is when we see that stuff and you and I are, are um, what's the word? I don't know. What is the word? I, d- I, don't, I also <laughs> don't know what the word is right now. Guilty oh? of this as well. Well, I haven't actually done project managing, but I know I can. Yes. And that's wonderful. And, you know, there are a lot of companies and managers that will go out on a limb and say, yes, I recognize you have all these other skills. I always say it's best if you can at least articulate one
0: time that you demonstrated it. Either one. If you can't, you need to be able to, in a certain way, um, say that specific task I actually have not done. Here's a very similar task that I have done with great success or one of the things that we've talked about is if you haven't done it in your work, have you done it in your community? So sometimes um, relationship building, for instance, imagine you're on a local committee of some sort, and you've had to do all kinds of relationship building. Imagine you're part of your kid's school board, or pick something, community theater, or fundraising efforts, those sorts of things. They will have similar skills, and that is where we talk a lot with people about Taking a look at what your skills are, and looking at those things that are transferable. So, I tell a story about my nephew, who many years ago we had a talk about something, and he was considering applying for a customer service job, but he didn't have any customer service history. And I said to him, "Didn't you work in construction at one point?" "Yes." I think I might have told this story in a mm-hmm. recent podcast. And uh, what did I? What did you do? I worked with all the customers to resolve their concerns. Dah, dah, dah. It was customer service. It just wasn't customer service in that specific industry. It wasn't labeled that way. So it's really critical if you are um, the kind of person who will say, I haven't specifically done that, but I know I can. Then you better either find a way that's that one example, even if it's not in the work sphere, it's in your personal life or whatever, or find something that is substantially similar enough to be able to demonstrate what you personally have done. Otherwise, I don't know, it may not be for you. Yeah. So
1: identify that problem. What was the key issue that you were working on? So don't just say I was working on a project. Yeah. I was working on a project and it was challenging because I had never met any of the partners I would be working with before. Yes. Right? And people love to hear this. Oh, okay, you had a problem. Yeah. Why A really common, interesting mm-hmm. problem and you've overcome it. I want you to be able to do that in my job, not just right. do what you need to do. I need you to have a problem and overcome it. So if you can frame your activity in the form of the challenging part about it was this.
0: And here's what I did.
1: Here's what I did. Now you're going to use your action verbs. I led, I developed, I delivered, I designed, I I wrote, I I facilitated, I managed, I... Every single statement you make in that action, those three to five or however many action items you have should say I
0: action verb. Yeah. Find find one. Find one that works. Yeah. Hopefully um it's one that aligns with the job posting that you saw. We yes. need leaders, we need trainers, we need someone who is Uh, A good presenter has high, uh, um, oral skills, whatever that might be. Um, (laughs) so those things are what is required in that action. So the R the result,
1: the result. And then, so your last piece is to actually identify what was the outcome. Mm -hmm. So great. What you'd want to say is upon, upon completion of the project, um, we delivered it on time on budget, um, with quality, mm-hmm. the project was delivered, and you know, now you can start spouting some of your stats and
0: mm-hmm.
1: you know, aggrandizing yeah. statements about how you know the project was able to save $20 million. The or relationship
0: whatever. building actions that I took meant that we had the highest level of engagement in five years, uh, those sorts of things. And
1: anything you can put in
0: with numbers
1: yeah. is amazing. You know, I delivered the project within 10 days of its expected timeline. I delivered it within 10% of budget. Mm-hmm. Um, I um, received employee engagement scores. I received customer feedback that said this. Data is king. Yeah. Right? So whatever numbers or qualitative thing you can throw in there um, to help prove that what you did actually achieve something, now is where you now is where you get to pump
0: yourself up a bit. Yeah, and- this The whole PAR tool, it's so simple. Problem, action, resolution. You need result. To, uh, result. Result, yes. Resolution, yeah. You need to go through the job description, the job posting, whatever information you have, and pull out what are they going to ask me. You need to have a, a little bit of, a, I don't know, try to read their minds and say they're going to ask me about this, they're going to ask me about this, they're going to ask me about this. And you need to have your stories lined up, which yeah. is why your pad of paper is so important. So because, you should
1: have a story for each different yes, thing, right? Yes. Or so a if your job is, um, if the job you're applying for is a manager,
0: mm-hmm.
1: you should have a story about leading a team. Mm-hmm. You should have a proje- uh, a story about leading a project. You should have a story about providing discipline to an employee, mm-hmm. or you know, providing
0: dealing feedback with a to difficult an situation.
1: You know. All the stories are going to be, and they should be different and unique. Mm -hmm. So you shouldn't just say like, I have this one project and then for all 10 questions, I'm going to keep telling the the same same story. You can, if your problem action result is different. So I could say the project I worked on was this. One facet of the project was relationship building. Mm -hmm. Here was the problem. Here's the action I took. Here's the result. Next question. Yeah. Tell me about a time you had a, a, uh, an interaction with a difficult person. Yeah. Same project. No problem. The, pro- the problem is different.
0: Yes. Uh, Tell me know. about a time you had to manage a budget. Yes. Same project. Same project. Different new, par. New, new story. story. So this idea of stories is so critical. And when somebody's asking you a question in the interview, the idea of the pad and the paper is that you can write, write down, ooh, something or other story. And it will jog you. So, and you will hopefully have rehearsed telling these stories so that you don't sound like you're reading from a piece of paper, you don't sound like you're talking in circles. I know that my budget story is this PAR, and I can do it over and over again.
1: And we call it a story because it should be interesting. Yes.
0: It's not you just blithering and you blathering. You has a beginning, a middle, and an end. It's yes. a story.
1: And by using that format, it prevents you from just telling tangential information yes. and background and never getting to the point and then come telling five mini stories in between. Mm-hmm. You know, in the worst case, when you're not prepared and you don't have your story planned out is that you tell three stories in one question and now you've wasted. Yeah, Now you're either going to have to repeat yourself or have a worse example for the next possible yeah. item
0: so par helps you tell an interesting story for the yep for the behavioral interviews that are almost always related to job descriptions and what's coming up that you have to have your stories so you know tip 1 have a pad and paper tip 2 take a minute tip 3 prepare your stories and rehearse them to ask somebody to ask you a question and tell them your story So that the more times you say it in the head, the more natural it is and the more conversational it is. So it doesn't sound like you're reciting a script. Yes. The other questions that you might get are not necessarily story related, yet you still have to practice for them ahead of time and they might require stories. So why do you want this job? You can tell a story with that. Well, uh, the problem is, that pick a problem, I'm, uh, I really enjoy the job I'm in, I feel I've reached what I can in this job, and I'm looking for a new challenge, or um, uh, I uh, have decided I want to take a break from my current um, career and do a complete switch, or I heard this was really cool, remember from our other two podcasts in this series that what the interviewer wants to hear is why you want their job, not why you're leaving your other one. Yeah. Yeah. So and I feel, you feel like you can use PAR exactly
1: the same way. Yeah. Why do you want this job? Um, the problem, you know, and you don't have to say it's a problem. No. Um, you know, but you just identify the, the, the starting point. I am looking for a new challenge in a new environment. Mm-hmm.
0: And it's he, like, here's it's the like experience I like have training. Yeah. You know, when they don't answer the question, they <laughs> keep going back on message. So somebody may ask you as well, why are you leaving the other job? And the temptation may be to say, I hate my manager, it's Pivot. boring, I don't make enough money, right? You never, you never answer those questions that way. So why are you leaving the other job? Or why don't you like where you are? The answer is, I'm looking for a new opportunity and I'm really excited about what I see here. And here are the reasons why. Here's my yeah. story. You never bad mouth your current job. Just never no, do it.
1: No, never badmouth your current job, your current manager, the current mm-mm, culture,
0: mm-mm. Um. You are running to something, not away from something, and that is what you have to um, portray. Another common question, um, uh, there's a woman that I know, and we worked on her um, uh, interview prep for becoming a partner in her law firm, and it was the question I said to her was, so you are going to be in this interview, and there are two other people up for the job? Yes. Are they around while you're having this? She goes, they're actually in the hall. And I said, okay, so what are you going to say when they ask you why you and not those two gentlemen in the hall? And she just stared at me. She goes, they wouldn't ask me that. And I said, really? And then she just said, well, I don't know. So it threw her because she thought she had to say why she was better than them. And so we talked about turning that around to say, here's why me. Not here's why me and not those two yahoos in the hallway. Just here's why me and to say things like... um, I uh, know the other two candidates and I respect them and am happy to work with them anytime, period. No but, no yabbit. Yeah, uh, happy to work with them anytime. Here are the things that I bring to this that I feel are unique and worthy to this job and I blah, blah, it. blah. And that again is so hard to say. Turns out that is exactly a question that she got and so she was able to prepare that and again, it's a story. So you think about not just the behavioral questions, but these other one-off questions that are very common. Why do you want this job? Why are you leaving your other job? Why should I hire you? What are the unique things that you bring to this? And how can you answer them using that five-paragraph story format? The last thing that I think people don't prepare for sometimes is when the interviewer says, do you have any questions for us? (sighs) Tell me how not to answer that question.
1: When will you, when will we find out the yeah. results of the interview?
0: <laughs> What's the to like throw s- I want to throw someone out when they ask that yeah. question. Yeah.
1: So what are some good questions? Um, I really like if you haven't had the chance for an interview, an informational interview with this particular leader or manager is to ask questions. Uh, tell me about the culture in the organization. Mm-hmm. Um, one question I really like, and it was interesting. Another manager yesterday told me that it was a, a tired question. Now, oh, um, that he found it a bit tiresome to hear okay. this question over and over. But I still like it. What's well, one of the biggest challenges you'll yeah. face in this position? But fair game. It's been, it's been done. So maybe it think of something different. What if
0: you did a twist on it, um, knowing that I'm coming from X company or outside the team? What do you think is going to be the hardest for me? Is rather than yeah. what's my biggest challenge in my first ninety days, or maybe but, flip it and say instead of what's my biggest challenge in the first ninety days, mm-hmm. what's going to be the most fun thing? The most yeah yeah.
1: What part am I going to love the most That's when I step into this job? It. Yeah, you know what
0: task do you think will be most rewarding for me? Mm-hmm. What's the um, What's the climate right now in the organization? Are they working on a huge project? Is there something super busy happening right now? What's the strategic direction of the organization yeah. over the next
1: five years? Yeah. Um, another kind of sort of lame, but I still <laughs> like it. Um, and it might be, again, people might think it's a bit pushy, but it's important to me. What are the opportunities for progression? in the organization or how how does the progr- how, how does the organization see um, you know moving through and promotions because mm-hmm. I think for me I'm someone that needs to be constantly challenged so mm-hmm. I need to know there's somewhere for me to go. Mm-hmm. Like am I hitting the top of the position and there's nowhere else for me to go from here? It's a very flat organization. Yeah. It wouldn't be for me. Yeah. So I might want to ask questions about the organizational structures. How does the organization view opportunities for development? How does the organization view outside training
0: and yeah. support? There's, I think it's very important to have at least five questions. And the reason for that is that they may have been answered during the interview somehow. And then you're left and you don't have any good questions to answer, to ask. Because everyone says, do you have any questions for us? And it's so important to ask at least one, probably one, maybe two questions. So you need three to five questions and you know, pick pick a canned one if you want, or based on your research, based on what you know you love in a job, if you did all your work that we talked about in our last podcast, pick one of those that's really important to you. Just be real. Don't be lame. Be real. Just be yourself. You know,
1: ask a question that does truly matter to you. If you don't give a hooping funt about the strategic direction of the organization, please don't ask that question. Yeah. Yeah. If you really care about culture, then ask that question. Yeah. I'm really curious about what the culture in your department is. How is it different from the, the culture in the rest of the organization?
0: Yeah. What's, what? How does everybody interact? I, I actually asked that question once when I was applying. This is probably back... Oh, here, here she goes. Go again. In her, she's yeah, dating herself. This was herself. like 1989 or 1990, and it was at a bank. And I went through and... Um, I had an interview, and then they walked me through the department to show me around, and I said, I asked what the culture was like here, and the manager said to me, oh, we get along. We don't have lunch or anything, but we get along. And I was like, oh. that would be such a red flag for me. It was a huge red flag. I did not accept the job there as a result of that because I need to get along with people. And when I walked through this area, it was very gray, very dull cubicles with everyone sitting at their computer like like in a futuristic movie. It was terrible. Yeah. Um, so, another yeah. great
1: question. Although again, you're going to have to be careful about how you ask it because mm-hmm. it can be perceived, you know, what are your organizational views on flexible work hours or mm-hmm. working from home? If that's, if important, that's what's to you, important
0: to you, you should find a way to ask it. That's not, right? you know, entitled sounding. Like yeah, working or like, from home is really critical to me. What are your flexible arrangements? Mm-hmm. Flexible work um, arrangements are very common today in the in the working world and different organizations are finding their way through that. And it what might just your mean like, do I have stance? to be in at eight sharp or can I yeah. be in
1: like any time between eight and nine? You don't care as long as yeah. I work my hours, right? Yeah, there's a
0: way to ask. Um, so that's it for the interviews. Now there's some etiquette. How about the post-interview etiquette? Oh, post-interview
1: etiquette for me is always to send a... Non smarmy sucky uppy, but a really nice, kindly worded thank Mm -hmm. you for spending the time with me. I really enjoyed the interview. I enjoyed hearing about the things that you're working on and your company organization. And I look forward to hearing from you
0: soon. Period. Not you're so interesting. I love this company so much. I really don't suck up. Yeah. It's important though. People do ask, do we still do that today? Do we say thank you? Yes, you do. You always say thank you. Please yeah. and thank you. Not 10 minutes after you leave the room because that's kind of weird. No, but, but within 24 hours, yeah. you send an email that says, thank you for your time. You know, I enjoyed um, speaking with you. And I look forward to hearing from you.
1: Who's that person that people used to write in the newspaper
0: what? about etiquette? Oh, Dear Abby? Yeah. 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 Dear Abby, please write. Please send thank you notes. So yeah. that's our interview prep. Um, and to to summarize again... Woohoo tip number one, <laughs> have a pad of paper and a pen and yes. use it. Yeah, use, don't just sit there with it. Don't doodle. Don't doodle take and don't notes, just sit there notes. with it. Uh, jot down the elements of the questions. Um, think about what stories that you're going to answer with it. Um, tip number two, take a minute. Answer, th- organize your thoughts to prevent yourself from talking in circles and driveling, as you say.
1: Yeah. Especially, especially when the, que- cause there's going to be every once in a while, there's going to be one question that you're like, I was not expecting that exactly. Yeah. yeah. Or my, the way which I had story? thought about this, which story is that? And yeah. which one am I going to use? And I didn't expect this in this part of the interview, you know, say that's a, such an interesting question. Can I just have a moment to yeah. jot down my thoughts so that you can reorganize
0: yourself and come out standing confident? Yep. And then the third one is practice your stories. Use PAR, practice your stories because stories work for just about any type of question. Think of all the t- tough questions that you could get, write them down, practice them, practice, practice, practice on the action on the verbs. TTC, I, on the TTC, read the questions in your head, answer them in your head. Don't talk out loud because your seat. May, may not care don't be weird don't be weird um yeah use the action verbs don't be overconfident don't lie don't say that you did something that you didn't no. and prepare um those stories and you know three to five potential questions that you will ask them and rehearse all this stuff over and over again before you show up looking like you made an effort and early and if you can, practice in front of um, another manager who's
1: sat on a lot of interviews or mm-hmm. done a lot of interviews, mm-hmm. someone you trust and respect. Hire a coach if you have that uh, means. Yeah. Um, ask uh, your current manager if you feel comfortable. Anyone. A mock interview is like the, the be-all and end-all of interview prep. Mm-hmm. You can't get any better than that.
0: So that's it for this week. Finny. Next time we're going to talk about what happens when you get the job and what happens when you don't get the job and how Yay, do you deal with it boo. after? Yay and Boo. So we'll talk about how to handle the the successes and the failures or opportunities for something else. Yeah, maybe you're saying one. maybe you're saying thanks but no thanks. Yes, and that's very much um, something that people need to know that they can do. Sometimes people get nervous about interviews because they think that's the commitment. Well, no. Oh
1: my gosh, no, no. If the job doesn't sound like a fit, don't take it. Exactly.
0: You're better off going to an interview and declining it than yeah. Because as you say, in a in an informational interview, you are interviewing them. In a job interview, they're mostly interviewing you, but you're also still interviewing them because you're watching how they interact. Are they kind? Are they interesting? All those sorts of things. So absolutely. Join us again next week for more. Yeah. Check us out. We'll
1: have a recap blog. Um, on our website, www.whiteboardconsulting.ca. Check us out on Twitter at whiteboardcons. That's whiteboard, C-O-N-S. On Instagram at whiteboardconsult. On Facebook. You can find us everywhere. Pretty much. Just look for us.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And thank you to our fabulous editor and producer, Jason Hatcher at Colab.
0: <laughs> Next time.
1: Next time. Bye. Bye.